You live in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah, I do live in Pennsylvania. I am 25 years old. I just graduated with my master's this past May, and now I just started my job. Nice. What, what did you what, what did you study? Um, my master's is in bioinformatics, so it's under the computer science department. And right now, I'm like an associate systems developer, so just starting out, you know. Woohoo! You just started. That's good. Yeah. Well, it's all downhill from here. <laughs> now it's just nine to six. And... I've already, I've already thought. I'm like, oh my god, I'm working a desk job. I'm just a cog in the system. Like, I need to break free. It's only been my first week. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Are you getting those jitters by now? Like, you probably are. Like, do you, are you asking yourself those questions? Like, man, is it? Is this how it's going to be? Like the rest. I know of my it's life? a little preemptive, but I'm already asking. Like, oh my god, what's the purpose of my life? I'm just going to work and coming back and being so tired. So I've been working for about seven years now, but especially in the beginning, the first year was so difficult because of that. But even now, seven years later, I ask that same question. Is it this, am I going to be sitting in this office my whole life? But you know, we exactly. have to be grateful too. No, yeah, alhamdulillah. Yeah, I'm like really line. blessed as well. So I'm just like, okay. And then every now and then I'm like, okay, you need to, you need to kill your jets because you're lucky and you're blessed. So I'm like, okay. In 2018, the video gaming industry is on track to hit $138 billion of global revenue, according to a market forecast report from NewZoo. The same research forecasts this revenue to explode more and more each year, projecting about $180 billion by 2021. So compare this to the global TV and video revenue, and you'll find that there's a strong chance of the gaming industry to overtake TV and films across the world, opening up all sorts of opportunities in a realm that many adults, especially Desi adults, haven't really taken seriously so far. Today's two guests are about to argue that this is going to change. Our first guest is new, she goes by the online nickname Saf, and she's a gaming enthusiast living in the US. And our second guest is Hassan, who has joined some of our previous episodes, and he's a competitive gamer himself. Hassan and Saf, they're both gamers. Uh, you guys used to play together a lot, right? For, uh, what was it, Overwatch mm -hmm. last, last year? Yeah, we still play Overwatch every now and then. I know Hassan plays competitively in tournaments and stuff, right? Every mm -hmm. every now and then. And then, Saf, have you ever played like in a tournament? Good question. Okay, so I do play competitively as in like if a game has a ranked mode, I will go into it. But one tournament I did go to, and this is a funny story, it was my freshman year of college. It was like a local tournament. And I really wanted to go. It was for Halo, actually. So then I had to, yeah. I had to lie to my parents, and then I had to go over. And then it just took a long because a lot of these local tournaments are kind of like disorganized, and no one knows what's happening. Mm -hmm. So then my parents thought that I was at university the whole time, and I'm like playing, and I was like one of the few girls there, obviously. And then this is a side note, but I really had to think about because there's just going to be a whole bunch of sweaty gamers there. So I had to figure out how to handle my hijab situation which is a whole other story. So um, I went and then when it came time to actually play in the team, like the team, when we had like a group of four, I think, and we had to play a team games, that's exactly when my parents started calling me and I told my brothers, I'm like, get me the hell out of here. So I didn't even get to play. Huh. And then I had to like rush home. So does that count? I don't know. But that was my one attempt at playing at a tournament. What happened? You, you started playing in a team and what? You just got uncomfortable? Like we were like so basically they started off playing free for all. So I played in the free for all. Oh. I think I made it to the second round or something like that. And then they I think they did two V twos. 
And then mm-hmm. we had to do 4v4. And when we got to the 4v4 part, it was so late into the night. And I was like, oh my oh. lord, this is taking forever. Right. And like my parent, my brothers were like, dude, mom and Bob are asking about you. We need to pick you up right now. So then I had to go oh, and no. help my teammates. <laughs> I was like, bye, I'm sorry, I can't. Sorry, gotta and drop like, they off don't yet. understand. Yeah, they don't understand the like the pressures of, you know, being from a Desi household and how my parents were like going to kick my ass, you know? They didn't even know <laughs> I was at this event. So I had to rush back and it was, yeah. It was kind of a fail, but then kind of a win. So. Right. Was it Halo 1 or Halo 2? It was actually Halo 4. Halo 4. Okay, yeah, yeah. I forget yeah. how recent this was. Oh, man. Yeah, I'm getting yeah. old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was most active during the Halo 2 days. Halo 3 as well. Yeah. Halo is one of my favorite yeah. games ever. Yeah, me too. Challenges of being Daisy and a gamer at the same time are definitely there. And I-, I think Hassan mm-hmm. can speak to that. But then definitely being a Daisy girl who's into gaming and wants to be part of that mm-hmm. community. It's so difficult, I'm sure, yeah. Because you probably, uh, you, you used to voice chat a lot, right? You, even now, like gaming, oh, yeah. like voice chatting is an inherent part of gaming now, uh, especially online gaming, yeah. which is essentially taking over, right? Like single player games are Absolutely. not mainstream anymore as they used to be. It used to be like even 10, 20 years ago when games came out, the campaign mode was the main like the multiplayer was just a side piece. It was just like cherry on top. But now it's like the opposite. Mm-hmm. People buy games with a multiplayer. I think it really depends on your um, style of gaming. Like a couple of games have just come out that are very heavily like single player, like Red Dead Redemption and then the new Spider game. They're both single player and they're really, really popular. But it really just depends on what you're looking for. Some people are more mm-hmm. in tune with single player games. You know, they have the type of lifestyle where they're tired from work or something. They just want to come home you know right. take a load off and just play something that doesn't require a lot of brain power because let me tell you this playing competitively and i'm sure hassan can tell you this as well it, it drains a lot of energy like it takes a lot of mental power to focus that much for that long so mm-hmm. i mean it really depends on your preference yeah but for me personally i was always a multiplayer type of person i'm like i don't care about the campaign just let me play you know yeah, there's a dedicated esports channel now on cable, right? I used to watch competitive gaming, uh, especially during the Halo days, right? Halo 3, when it was really popular back then. And watching those tournaments, especially the main tournaments, the uh, major league gaming tournaments, those guys used to yell like their life was on the line. Dude, what are you doing? Dude, are you stupid? And I'd be like, whoa, man, like, I'm competitive, but I've never been part of that type of just pressure. I guess I've never played competitively in that aspect. I've always found that shocking. It is very stressful, uh, I'm sure. Right. Like, I think in a couple of other countries, it's like a culture to be really good at games. They spend a lot of time. Like, um, I think the I think North Korea, South Korea, it's almost like a very intense culture. They practice, you know, I don't even know how many yeah. hours a day. And it's a lot on the line. And another thing is, like, these esports um, competitions, they have a big prize pool. So it's almost worth it to keep, mm-hmm. you know, like a kind of a career in this type of field. It's relatively new. A lot of people don't understand it. Oh, how can you have a career yeah. in esports? How can you have a career playing games? But it's certainly possible now more than ever. Yeah, I want to learn more about that. I, I know there's like millions of dollars on the line now for winning some of these tournaments. And I was pretty shocked to learn that myself. Um, I didn't, you know, it, it grew so quickly, I guess, like when I was big in gaming. Back in my high school mm-hmm. days, it was just like tens of thousands of dollars, hundreds of thousands. It wasn't in the millions yet, I think, back then. Yeah, so. some games are in the millions. Um, League of Legends, for sure. Dota. Damn. So I'm sure Hassan can talk more about that in terms of like... Yeah, Hassan, do you have any comments on this? You don't have to stay quiet. Hassan, chupi, you give me a comment. Um, 
Oh, uh, gaming has come a long way, actually. Um, from can you talk about the figures? Do you know how much um, money? Um, talk about the figures, sure. But yeah, let's uh, uh, take a trip down uh, to the past, to the '90s, where computers were actually up on the rise. You had the uh, Windows, the first uh, GUI interface, and all this stuff coming out. So. Yeah. Small games showed up. Like I, I still remember playing some of those classic games on Windows 95, 98. But then over time, there was this era between 99 to 2003 where 3D technology went on to a different level. So yeah. that's where some of the greatest games um, came to life. Like um, the PlayStation came around the same era, the PlayStation original. The potential and graphics and 3D started to show up, and a lot of people were getting into computers, not just like today. Like every third person you know has studied computer science. So back then, it was like a huge deal if you knew about computers or you owned a computer store in um, anywhere. And computers were very expensive. I remember I, we paid a lot of money to get my first computer. And and then came the era where internet came. It was like, oh my God, I'm talking to someone like back home. Dude, this is so cool. And the MSN Messenger, everything was like, um, everything was going up. So video games showed up at the same time. But thing about was back then, you didn't have that much of good internet. So most of the games would we around you know single player experience like uh wolfenstein mm -hmm. yeah the first quake and all those games so who knew that video games like competitive stuff could go this big yeah even right now so i i used to have a friend who used to work in market research two years back and according to him that's around 2013 he told me the video games and the esports con competitive industry is gonna be bigger than the movie Hollywood industry in the upcoming 20 years. Video games make more money. They already do, yeah. Movies do, yeah. yeah. And some of the movies are even inspired from um, video games. I, I mean, I could name you some. Prince of Persia, the Hitman movie. They're all inspired from video games. Like, if you do the calculation right here, um, an average game, new game, is about $60 in the US. And gaming companies can easily sell a million copies, right? I did the math before. So that's $60 million right there for basic, basically just about an average game. You have to remember this. A lot of games also have in-game purchases. Like they, you know, if you want cosmetic items. Yeah, microtransactions yeah. are oh, that, a That's a totally different a of level games. of ripping off customers. I think <laughs> that's a whole other topic. And then there came a time when internet changed completely. So you had faster internets suddenly. So if you wanted to play a multiplayer game, you have to go to a network to so you're all six or ten computers connected to each other. So you could all play without any problem. Otherwise, there was no damn good internet, at least in, in the Middle East, that you could play online games without any problem. Mm -hmm. And then that's where things got interesting. A lot of big games started to show up, like uh, Games which actually became competitive, like Unreal and then Counter-Strike, like the oldest game in the history. Then came Call of Duty. Like, right. It's also a really big franchise. Call of mm -hmm. Duty, which was like at, at its top in 2009, 2010, because they had really good writers. So everyone wanted to play mm -hmm. COD. Yeah, and, and then out of the consoles, Microsoft was the first one to kind of pick up online gaming, right? Xbox kind of uh, started that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The, that was that was the thing which changed everything. So PlayStation didn't have 
something exclusive and xbox comes with a really good console or you could use your hotmail id to play games how cool is that back then like so things started to change and over time video games people started to take it as a hobby or as a luxury if you could afford because consoles were expensive computers were expensive buying games Mm -hmm. was expensive so people took it as sort of a luxury on the weekend and and when internet improved uh, people actually realized that this is something which is going to change which is going to change lives basically so i remember the first tournament i played i won 100 dirhams and that was a prize and there were like 30 players we were playing on small CRD monitors. I think I was in grade six or grade seven. Dude, 100 drums was a lot of money if you won it. So we were like, oh, dude, you're going to win 100 drums if you win this. So we decided to play. <laughs> and back then, you used to enjoy that money because, you know, you have suddenly have so much money that you don't know what to do with that money. <laughs> right. Like, I was like, I thought ten days. How do I spend hundred? I mean, I've lived through all of it, from winning hundred bar, hundred dirhams to maybe you know, now you win a tournament, you win like a million dirhams or a million dollars. Right. And it's it's just amusing the amount of talent, the upcoming generation, which is you know, which is like born into technology. The way mm-hmm. they perceive technology is much better than us. So young people are getting into it. And a lot of universities are also uh, looking into um, e-sports, e-sports management. So it's basically an industry of its own. And it's the same way um, how teams work. It's the same way as football clubs work. It's technically the same idea. Yeah, it's being treated like an actual... Yeah, it's an actual sport. Yeah, an actual sport. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there's like a gym and everything. Yeah, there's a documentary on this famous Halo gamer. His name was Walshy. Oh, yeah, I know him. I know him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess he did an interview and he walked these guys through his daily life. And he walked them to his house, I guess, uh, to his garage. And that garage okay. is where he, basically he practices games. And so the way they did that documentary was so professional sounding. He took them to the garage and he was like, yeah, this is where I busted out eight, nine hours a day, you know, 40 <laughs> plus hours a week. And I was just like, this guy's making it look like he did some bench presses in there, like Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> but he treated that garage like an actual gym uh, for practicing. And I guess at that level, you have to. <laughs> it was just amazing yeah, even back like- then. I feel like, you know, at a point when you're competing at that level, it becomes compulsory to put in those hours. And then at a point, even when you don't mm-hmm. want to play, you still have to put in those hours and you have to practice and scream with the team, go over gameplay, go over recordings. So in that sense, I do understand that, you know, it is a lot of effort and you have to put in the time mm-hmm. because you're competing for so much money. Right. But I wonder, uh, it, it might be a good question for both of you, actually. Does it? Like, mm-hmm. I, I know especially Hassan puts in a lot of hours to practice for tournaments. Is it fun uh, at that point? Because that's my concern. I don't want to lose my passion for something um, because it starts feeling like a job. That's what mm-hmm. I was afraid of. So I never I never gamed, like, above three hours a day. That's That was my limit, basically. But then again, I never went competitive to that extent. But Hassan, have you ever experienced, like, relapse from gaming? Like a burnout? Yeah. Yeah, burnout, yeah. Okay. First things first, uh, when you talk about players who actually compete, it's either they compete for a few reasons. Number one, either they're super good at it or they're like like naturally born players. So best example, do you have to look at Korea right now? They they produce one of the best players in the world in, in MOBA and some, some of the other games. And if you look at Europe, 
that produce one of the best FPS players in the world. Because right now it's it's part of their lives, it's part of their culture. That if if you, if you get the hang of it, you, you can actually excel at it. But for me, um, I I grew up in Dubai all my life, and I like of course my parents are not like parents in America or anywhere else in the world. We are like very close to Pakistan, so our lifestyle is very different. So you know how the Desi culture works. Um, you gotta work. Um, you gotta get a good job. When you talk about this, there are a couple of things. First of all, some people are in the industry for money. So a good example would be people. How do you make money in esports industry? So the players are only the side. The people who actually put a lot of hard work in the back. So you have the production, you have the stream, you have the commentators, you have the analyst. So people who get into it are actually people who actually look into making money. But as far as from I could say from players, the rush of winning and you know self accomplishment of you putting a lot of hours into something, and then you you get that reward. It's that kind of a feeling. But on the top of it, if you ask me, I play for my passion. Mm-hmm. Like it was my dream to be the best player mm-hmm. in the region or whatever my country. But that that's what me keeps me go- has like kept me going for the last maybe decade. And wow. uh, maybe when, when when this is over, maybe I'll stop. But you you do get burned out. There are days you're not gonna be playing your A game. Maybe you're struggling with life. Maybe you're not eating well. So yeah, those days are gonna happen, and it's natural. Have you taken a break from gaming, like a few weeks or a few months? Uh, a couple of times, yeah. Because I was basically living a double life. So it's like I would study in the morning, and at night I would be playing games. So I would I would put that everywhere. So like a gamer at night, student by day. Same. So that was my life mm-hmm. for all my university life. So you can imagine how hard it is to manage both of them and, yeah. you know, be able to keep a balance, which is it, literally, it's impossible. And I was, I was never good at keeping the balance anyways. So there were times, I think I was in grade 11 and my grades were going down. So I took a step back for a couple of months and I don't know, it was just... It's like a drug. If you're away from it, you just feel, okay, something isn't right in life. Mm-hmm. So I took a break for a couple of months and just like a few days back. Yeah, it's it's natural because we are born in an era which was completely different. So if you ask a 10-year-old, 12-year-old today about mm-hmm. all of it, and if he tells you, oh, I'm going to compete, I'm going to be a big gamer, everyone's going to be like, yeah, go for it. For us, it wasn't, we didn't have a choice. So if you wanted to do it for yourself, you had to do it by force. And I say that yeah. again and again, like we had no support. We would go to tournaments from, I don't know, we would save money, we would borrow money from each other and, and go to lands because the entry fee for some time was so high. You couldn't, afford, you couldn't afford food at the tournament, so you had to go hungry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our era was very different. Especially with Desi parents. I think even now the challenges are still there with Desi parents who are... Um, basically parents of like 10 year olds, but especially back then there was zero understanding for, uh, if you wanted to be a serious gamer or say like, I want to build a career off of gaming and stuff, your parents would like, get the hell out of here, go become a doctor already. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the reasons, uh, me and my parents were never that close. And I wouldn't even talk to my father because every time he would see me playing, he would just scream at me. Every time my mom came into the room, she would scream at me. Yeah. How old were you back then? 
I was like 14, 15. I, they oh, went yeah. on till I was 18 or 19. Unless I was mm -hmm. in uni. That was the same problem. So mm -hmm. it was very hard. Like, you come in, you're playing with your team. Or you're in, I rem once remember I was in the middle of a tournament and my dad came into my room and he took my PC. I oh, was so mad. <laughs> I was so mad that day. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely, a, that's definitely an extreme example. Uh, I think a lot of people can relate to that. You can't pause a game, right? That concept, yeah. parents don't really understand. Like, hey, I'm playing a live game. I can't pause this. Now they kind of understand that, alhamdulillah, now it's fine. Like, I'm I'm at home. They usually see me playing late at night in the morning, so they they kind of keep their cool now because I just listen to them when when they need me. But yeah, it it was very hard to keep a balance. It's definitely really I hard. think even for casual gamers, even with casual gamers, Daisy parents don't understand because I was not super like super competitive in the sense that I went to tournaments and I had to practice with the team. In fact. Every time someone asks me to team, even for an online tournament, I'm like, no, I don't know my schedule. I don't know when my mama is going to be like, hey, you got to make Jai. You know what I mean? They don't. So it literally was like, I cannot team. I can't do anything. I'm sorry. I can just play whenever I can. My mom was like, my mom's chill in general. But my dad, anytime he would see me playing, oh my gosh, he gets so mad. And I had a bad habit of just playing into the night because you really don't realize how much time has gone by when you're playing. And you're just really into it and you're having fun. And this is like a daily occurrence for me. Like this was, you know, a hobby of mine. And especially since I grew up with three brothers, it's not like I was super feminine going up. So no, I was going to ask you, like, are your brothers gamers as well? Like as much as you? They, they, they are gamers, but like, uh, so when we were all younger, we had to share one Xbox. So it's four of us. Okay. Four mm -hmm. of us fighting to play one Xbox. So you can probably imagine that that thing never shut off. Like we <laughs> burned it to the ground because... You would just rotate who would get to play. And then um, eventually, like, since I'm the third child, so, like, when my brothers, like, grew up and they had to go to university and stuff like that, I used to play more. And I still play the most, I think, out of every... I think, no, we all play, but we play different. So I would play multiplayer games. My brother plays, like, his NBA game. And then my other uh -huh. brother plays a single-player game. And then my uh, other okay. brother plays, like, a fighting game. So we're all kind of, like... Into different types of games. Yeah, yeah, so... Now it's not as, you know, you know, oh, it's my turn to play or whatever. But even now, my dad, like, I'm 25, I have a job. My dad's like, you got to stop playing games. You know, it's a waste of time. But one thing I will give him credit for is, like, he never gave me the whole girls aren't supposed to play games argument. Like, luckily, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was going to ask that, yeah. Yeah, like, because he knew, he knew about my upbringing. He knew that I was, you know, like, around boys all the time. And this is my hobby. This and that. So he would never mm -hmm. say, like, oh, you know, you're supposed to keep the house. You know, you're not, this is not a girl type of activity. Luckily, he never said that to me. That's good. Yeah. Even though it probably come up to other people. But yeah, I still get, I still get bugged to this day. Mm -hmm. And the, and the funny thing is, I don't think it's something I can give up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And in, in your case, because you're a casual gamer, you, you had other responsibilities, you know, you were going to school and now you have a job and it's not like you fell short of any of, of those goals. So that's good. Whereas in Hassan's mm -hmm. case, he's, he's a more serious gamer. So it might be more difficult for him to kind of prove his case, right? Uh, especially at this age, he's twenty-five. Yeah, exactly. So it's a it's a battle. It's definitely a battle, uh, especially at this you yeah. know around this time in your mid twenties to have to explain to your parents like, hey, I still want to grow a career in gaming. Yeah, exactly. Like it's gonna. T I think it's gonna take a very very long time before they see parents are even open to the idea. Like, oh, you want to play? You know, competitive competitive esports it's i don't think it's gonna happen for a very long time that they'll be open to it but there is you know 
there is actually one player, and I'm sure a lot of people know about him. His name is Samail, and he won, like, I don't know, a million or two million dollars playing Dota, and he was only 15. He was from Pakistan. He was so good at the game wow. that they grabbed him from Pakistan, flew him over to the U.S., they put him in a gaming house, and then he played for the, I forgot, I think the American team. I don't know where exactly. Wow. But, you know, he won a couple million dollars, and I was like, wow, represent. You know, he's from Pakistan. Good for him. Well, that's really cool. But, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I felt really proud. <laughs> It's t- it's tough. It's tough because I'm trying to understand the parents' perspective as well. So, uh, compare gaming to professional sports, right? So let's say a basketball player mm-hmm. or a football player. So lots of kids grow up nowadays and they want to become a professional. Like I want to go into the NBA or the NFL. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a certain point where parents are like, uh, they might try to be super supportive of that goal. But then if you haven't made it by a certain age, they might just be like, hey, son, you know, or daughter, we, we got to get you a real mm-hmm. career. <laughs> And uh, I guess it's just about knowing, uh, from the parents' perspective, it's just about, I guess, giving support when mm-hmm. they, they see that potential in their child from the parents' side. But then from the kids' side, it might be mm-hmm. good to kind of like know where the line is. Like, if I haven't made it by a certain point, then maybe I should just look on to, you know, uh, different opportunities in life. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a tough shot because, you know, the NBA, there's only a certain number of players that can get in. No matter how good you are, and you might be really good. Lots of it often come t- comes down to unfair advantages like connections and, you know, being at the right place mm-hmm. at the right time. It sucks, but mm-hmm. I'm sure e-gaming is like that too. Yeah, in Pakistan, um, people do have, you know, resources, but obviously not as much as other countries. And that's the thing, you have to think about how the mindset that they see parents are in from the get-go. They have a very, you know, very straight point of view about life okay you grow up you have a respectable career doctor lawyer engineer something of that sort it'll be so right. hard to break them from the mold and have them be open to something even professional sports like my parents were just like oh you know we don't Pakistani people aren't really built to handle physical contacts and don't try to like play you know hardcore basketball or something he would tell my brothers this so mm-hmm. it's going to take a while before they are open to non-traditional i guess unorthodox career choices like this you know yeah yeah it'll take a few generations but maybe hassan's right hassan mentioned you know like nowadays 10 year olds their parents are a little bit more understanding of how serious gaming can be or at least they at least know what live gaming is no it's, uh, it's funny that you mentioned that because um fortnite is so big that parents have started hiring coaches for their children holy crap so they really? can, like, get it. yeah yeah there actually there's a news article that came. <laughs> That's a job, Fortnite coach? <laughs> oh, man. No, I wouldn't be surprised if they see parents pick up on that as well. Because, uh, you know, parents are changing. Even they see parents are changing. Yeah, because be more people like you are becoming parents. That's why. Exactly. Ah, exactly. Wink, yeah. wink. It's a new Hello. generation of DC. <laughs> no, Hassan is absolutely right. Yeah, because now the parents are actually younger and they're trying to be cooler as well, right? You got to get mm-hmm. along with your kids. Yeah, you have to think about it this way. Like, um, us three, you know, we grew up in an era where gaming is, you know, one of our hobbies. So when I grow up, I'm going to be that parent that's going to get a gaming system. I'm going to probably fight my children to play it. Maybe I get off, it's my <laughs> turn. I'm probably going to be one of those parents. But at the same time, you have to remember where their their kind of concerns stems from. Because if you spend way too much time gaming yeah. and, you know, you know, losing sleep over it and you don't focus on your studies, it can hinder your, you know, career and your schooling and everything. The thing is all about balance at the end of the day and not getting too carried. As is with everything else, like any hobby, if you watch Netflix all day, there is no difference between 
playing games at night and watching Netflix at night. It's just an activity. Mm-hmm. So when I used to tell my parents, I'm like, I'm like, mom and dad, like, sure, you don't want me to play games, but what's the difference if I just spend that time watching, you know, YouTube or like watching Netflix? Like, why do you have such a problem with gaming? You know? Right. So it all comes down to balance and how you spend your time. And that's why primarily that's like the concern that Daisy parents have. Like, oh, this person, you know, my kid's going to spend way too much time playing games and not focus on studies and this and that. But I think, you know, our generation is not going to be that strict, hopefully, because we understand in fact, you could argue that wasting your time, like everybody needs downtime. I think it's an important part of your life. And there's like research to prove mm-hmm. that. So you need that time to watch Netflix or just slack off and watch YouTube videos and stuff. But I could also mm-hmm. argue that gaming is more effective than that stuff because gaming is an exercise. It's a mental exercise. And it's been proven Absolutely. to improve your brain functionality, to bro- improve your reflexes and things like that. So Yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because I was watching a video and um, there's a university and they're putting a lot of funding. The neuroscientists are putting a lot of funding and trying to figure out if they can use gaming as a form of therapy. So, you know, there's definitely different and emerging uses to gaming. And I don't think it's all such a waste of time. You're just like a zombie. You know, I think definitely your hand-eye coordination is dramatically improved playing games. We actually did an experiment in high school where, you know, I was a gamer and my friend ran track. So she was, she had really good auditory reflexes, whereas I had really good visual because she was used to hearing the gunshot to go sprint for her track meets. Mm-hmm. And I was used to, you know, playing games and like being able to respond quickly to visual cues. So I don't mm-hmm. think it's an entirely waste of, I don't think it makes you dumb or anything like that. I don't think it makes you lose brain cells. There's definitely some positives that we can, you know, right. get backed up by studies and stuff. Yeah, I guess I guess where I would draw the line is like people who are gaming like twenty four hours straight and not getting sleep, and that's where it becomes extremely unhealthy. Oh, actually, that's yeah. how it is in uh, Asia. It's the same thing in Malaysia. So I had I had a chance to visit Malaysia like a few years back. So I was quite shocked to see the the men, the environment in where people game. So you would be shocked that there's a cafe is open, people go in play as soon as the cafe closes they would put their blankets outside and sleep as soon as they would open they would go back again in the morning that's that was what i saw in malaysia and i'm not even kidding that's real like and that was few years back 2014 something like that Mm -hmm. so that's the amount of that's like that's the level where you have to realize oh okay i need to take a shower i need to eat and then i can do my job and on the top of it Something new which showed up was streaming. A lot of people make money from streaming as well. So that's a kind of a new thing. I <laughs> haven't heard a Daisy kid saying, oh, I haven't heard that in a while, but I guess that's going to be soon as well. Yeah, yeah. But, but say, by the way, are there more examples besides the one that Saf gave over that uh, that 15-year-old who won the Dota tournament? Are there other successful Pakistanis? Uh, yeah, the, uh, there's... a. Uh, a professional Tekken 7 player, he, his name is Ursulan. He re- recently uh, won the biggest um, tournament in Middle East and he beat the number one Korean on LAN. Wow. Wow, nice. He's considered to be the god of the game and that he actually destroyed him. That's something. Wow, nice. And I put this point out there, hello, there's an entire Asia out there which has more talent, maybe more than Chinese or Korean players. So mm-hmm. why there's a favoritism? And the response mm-hmm. was quite quite interesting as well. So I mean, there's a lot to be, a lot to come, honestly. Yeah, in, in Korea, there's a real, there's probably a lot more analogs of kids who've won tournaments, and that that stands as a yeah, it's an entire culture. 
Yeah, exactly. Like your neighbor down the street might be a very successful Dota player who's won millions of mm -hmm. dollars. So that's motivation for all the parents living in that block to support their kids when they're taking their shots, right? Mm -hmm. We need to, I guess, uh, create uh, more it's, examples. It's really hard to comment on Korea. I don't know. Their culture is very different from the rest of the world. As far as China is yeah. concerned, so so in China, Dota is treated like uh, what we treat uh, cricket in Pakistan as. So the ministers will come to the event, and it's <laughs> going to be a major scale event. Yeah, yeah man, that's that's how it is. So they they treat it like Dota is like, um, you know, it's like um, they have big arenas. There's ministers show up, also celebrities show up. So that kind of it's uh, like a real sport, you know, exactly. over there. People actually. And we're talking 2015, 2016. So imagine the scale now. Yeah. 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 And we need to get out of this mindset, I guess, that gaming is only meant for kids. I think people are starting to understand that, especially in non-Desi oh, yeah. culture. But in Desi culture, it's uh, like my mom, if you asked my mom about what she thinks of gaming and me, like at this age, 29, gaming, even now, she'd be like, you know, <laughs> you need to grow up mm -hmm. at some point. Yeah. Like I mentioned, it's just your free time can be used to, you know, engage in any activity that you want. And for some people, it's gaming. For some people, it's just relaxing and reading a book. So, you know, it's not fair to say, oh, gaming, you know, you should grow out of it. Why should I grow out of it? Then other people should grow out of, you know, watching TV or watching dramas or something. So luckily, now, you know, people are really understanding that, like, the older you get doesn't necessarily mean you have to give up gaming. You know, older people play games all the time. I'm sure, you know, I'm, I can't give you numbers, but I'm sure they account for a significant portion of the market. So, and some people go out of it, it's because of their choice. But I don't think people should tell someone like, oh, you're older now. Even though I've been told this time and time again by my parents, they're like, oh, you're older now, you shouldn't play games anymore. I'm like, why? It's just my past activity. I can do whatever I want with my free time. So Yeah, right. And, and like I said, we need more analogs like, you know, successful Pakistani tourney winners and people who can set an example for the upcoming generations. If you don't let your kids do it, then you'll never get those figures um, and we'll never be able to get that yeah, spotlight, exactly. especially for Pakistan, who definitely needs spotlights in as many categories as possible. So if your mm -hmm. kids like to game, yeah. you should let them do it. Yeah. What would you say are your top like three favorite games of all time? I can say Halo is definitely my top. Halo because Same. I just put in the most hours into it. I just love Halo, <laughs> the entire series. I was actually just watching the Halo 5 championships just today. So, I mean, I, I normally don't, but I was like, yeah, why not? Um, Yeah, for me, it's definitely Halo, Overwatch. Definitely, I've been playing Overwatch. Gears of War, really fun. Yeah. Assassin's Creed was good. Do you have an Xbox or a PC? Um, I played on Xbox for almost in my whole entire life. And then I think like last year, I started, I switched over to PC. Nice. Yeah. I, I understand the whole PC, you know, master race concept. My only gripe there mm -hmm. is though, the PC does have the better, I think, long-term value, but the exclusives do make the consoles worth it. The consoles do still have exclusives that a lot of people want. Oh, absolutely. Like, for example, I still love a good Nintendo game. Like, I love Super Mario, Donkey Kong. Oh, yeah. You know, Pokemon. But these are out on uh, Nintendo Switch has uh, brought all those games back, by the way. If you get a chance, you should buy a Nintendo Switch. Switch. Yeah, that <laughs> thing is worth your every penny. I'm not even joking. I really want to so buy fun. one. I'm really yeah. wanted to buy one as well. It's such a nice throwback to, you know, our earlier days in childhood. I, I think all three of us have been through it. They actually so, brought back um, Spyro as well, if you've ever played that. Spyro? Really? Yeah, they brought 
Yeah, yeah. My brother has oh, like wow. um all three games on one disc or something like that. So he's always telling me about them, like, like the nostalgia. Yeah. Right, right. Makes sense. Yeah, Halo. I grew up with Zelda. You know, Ocarina of Time. I would definitely lay that as one of my top favorite games of all time. So there's one game I would always remember: uh, Midnight Club Three and Prince of Persia. Those are my all-time favorite. Oh, Midnight yeah. Club. Okay. I used to I used to love Spinner Cell, Prince of Persia. Such kind of games were like my jam. Yeah, stealth games. Yeah, stealth. I definitely had a soft spot oh, those for. Those were really fun. Grand Theft Auto and all that stuff was good too. But these games were like, you know, you mm-hmm. love them. I really like those. Gaming is really universal because there's a game out there for everybody. If you're into horror, there are horror games. That's true. If you're into sports games, yeah, there's FIFA, there's NBA, there's Madden, everything. There are like 100 categories out there. So there's an RPG, there's like a simulation, there's a, a game made for esports, there are game went for just for your living room. I mean, uh, mm-hmm. what else? Yeah, VR, all, all sorts of stuff is out there now. Yeah, you can mm-hmm. find something for everyone pretty much. They really yeah, expanded yeah. there, you know. Yeah, people still play board games, okay? People play board games on family night. That's still, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. I gotta say, Hassan yeah. mentioned RPG mm-hmm. Maker earlier. And RPG yeah. Maker, I used like the 2000 version back then when I was a kid, like 12, 13 years old, to make my own RPGs off of it. And a big aspect of that game is to actually learn like light coding to build your oh, world. Really? So you could... Yeah, you you would use a little bit of coding to help the game understand, hey, when somebody walks in here, do this, you know? Um, so you could actually control the NPCs and create a story and stuff. And that was one of my first experiences with coding. And now, like oh, today, cool. a big aspect of my, my job is coding. So that kind of helped me grasp an interest in that field as well. So there's a lot, yeah, there's a lot that, you, that it can open you up for. I think a lot of people, like a lot of little kids would be like, oh, you know, I want to be like a, a video game designer when I want to grow up. So... At least that was one of my dreams, I remember when I was young, because I love gaming so much. But yeah, it definitely opens yeah. up their minds to these types of careers. And another thing that I want to mention is, like, the growth of women in gaming, because it was almost, you know, women and were few and far between long ago. Mm-hmm. I think the ratio is something like um, um, 10 is to 3. In terms of esports as well, 10 is to 3. Yeah, and, like... It was 10 to 3? Um, yeah, 10 to 3. 10 men to 3 girls? Huh. That's still pretty. That's a lot. That's actually more than I thought. Because things is um, 2010, 2012. So they always considered um, like competitive as a male only. Um, male dominant, yeah. So Yeah, male dominant. So over time, a lot of people spoke up and there were some really good girl, uh, players who showed up. Women, of course. So now you might find some mixed teams as well. But on the pro scene, um, there are some of them as well. Uh, if you are talk about Orosh, there's there's only one female player in the Orosh League. She's Chinese, so oh, things really? are nice. changing. Yeah, mm-hmm. things are actually changing. Yeah, I mean, again, it's not about how you look; it's how about how you play. Honestly, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. So back then, like when we were young, so UAE is a pretty small place. So we used to. Oh, if I, if I meet someone in game, oh, you live in my same city, hey, we should hang out. So we met a lot of people. Yeah, some of my closest friends I've made through gaming. Yeah, that's... You know, people, a lot of people have, like, lasting, really, like, friendships. Wow. Yeah. With people that they may have never met, like, in real mm-hmm. life. Like, two of my closest friends are people I've met on Xbox, so... That's cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah so I think people should mm-hmm. knock it until they try it. There's probably something out there for everybody. Mm-hmm. And the whole, like, being a woman in gaming thing, yeah, I'll go into games and people act inappropriately. Then some people are respectful as well. It's just, like, 
whatever. I think people, there's a lot more women that are getting into gaming now. There's actually a caster, like they're getting into all types of, you know, roles when it comes to gaming. It can be on the back end, you know, operations, marketing, a couple of female casters as well. So they're really, you know, putting their foot out there and they're putting, stepping into this kind of industry. It's really good to see. It is good. Yeah. And and for everyone, like it's not, I think building a career out of esports doesn't necessarily have to mean as a player or as a big tournament winner. Yeah, exactly. You could, yeah, you could be a programmer, you could be a, uh, an animator, a developer, um, mm-hmm. even a tester. You could, you, you could be a photographer, you could be anyone, yeah. because it's like an entire industry, as I told you. So the production yeah. level is off like a, putting on something on TV. Mm-hmm. So to put on something on TV, you're going to need talented people. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to need people, you need cameramen, you need photographers, you need backstage crew, you know, all sorts of people. So it, it's for everyone. I mean, it doesn't matter. You could get into, um, you could you would become a journalist, esports journalist. That's kind of a new thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, which come up in like three, four years, and then streaming and all this stuff. So it, it's it's just big. I mean, it makes my heart like it gives me a good feeling that we've come a really long way from mm-hmm. those small mm-hmm. classroom. Yeah, I think it definitely goes beyond. It goes beyond just you know meeting your friends like house hooking up a whole bunch of consoles together and playing. It's not just that anymore. You know, there's full-blown yeah. events that are broadcasted to the world, and it takes a lot more hands to make that happen. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you're not a player, you're probably going to be doing something else. If I, if I ever got the opportunity, I would go for it. Like, if I had the opportunity to work for, like, a famous gaming company, I would definitely do it. You know, one thing which, um, when I was, uh, you know, going through school and everything, university and everything, Sometimes even my mom, she gets annoyed of me sitting in front of the PC. She goes like, oh, you spend your entire uni life studying MIS management. Why didn't you just learn how to make games? I'm like, mom, I don't want to how to make games. I want to play the games. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody has different passions. That's, yeah, like, that's important. I don't to want to make games. I want yeah. to win. I want to make my country proud. I want to win. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to play the game. So I guess it's different for everyone, but I mean it's a good, really good thing in general. So, and and uh, there's one thing people don't know about is there's a certain age to get into it, but there's no age to get out. There's always an age mm-hmm. to get in, but there's no age to get out. Unlike sports, you get in at the age of twenty, you, you retire at the age of thirty-five. Bottom line. Yeah, but I think I think at the same time there's there's definitely an age where you can be at your prime. And then after a while, when the new kids start coming out, they have a lot more time to play. They just have a lot more I think energy so, to play. Yeah. They're going to edge you out eventually. And that's why a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, after their prime, and they start to see that they can't win that many tournaments anymore. And I've seen this, at least in the Halo, like competitive Halo scene. They just kind of move away from the controller and they go into casting or they go into, you know, making videos or something Yeah, because like that. they have tons of experience. And that's like a really good thing because, as I said, there's no age to get out, but at a certain point, of course, uh, you're going to feel, okay, now my back is starting to hurt, and, and other factors. Yeah, like, exactly. you, need, you, you need to make a proper living. I, even though esports, like, as a player, it's a proper living, but we're, mm-hmm. when you're into the production or the industry, it's totally different. I know some people mm-hmm. who just are into the industry because it's so much fun. You go around the world, you visit different places, 
Free you go stuff. to events and conventions. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You go to different events, conventions. You're invited as a guest, so it's a different thing. And I mean, I've 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 done it in the past too. I I work. I have a side like a side company, so we do events, and so I I usually get invited to most of the events in the country, and it's like it's it's quite interesting to see how they treat players differently as people involved in the industry. Like as a player, of mm-hmm. course, you're gonna get more, but if you are working in the industry, there is a separate place for you now. Mm-hmm. So it's really interesting to see. So again, like there's no age to get out, but over time, yeah, after you hit 30, 35, your reflexes will start to slow down. Yeah, because you're aging yeah. and everything else, but you can still mm-hmm. be part of it. You could, you could still yeah, be, you can a still tre- be part streamer. of the industry. Right. It doesn't yeah. mean you have to, you know, just like completely switch. Okay, now I need to become an engineer. I mean, you can, but you can still connect the industry and so it's like once you get capacity. in you're you're just too busy in it that you wouldn't want to leave yeah exactly and i've seen this like firsthand with a lot of like people from, you know if you follow competitive sports you'll see the same faces you know years later like oh you know this guy used to be a professional player and now he's casting or he's coaching a team etc cetera, etc cetera. Mm-hmm. i think i think everybody deserves a shot at least because i really think the future the future of this world in general, it really depends on people who become influencers. So while I work in business, um, and there's, you know, a, a lots of parents out there who want their kids to be engineers and doctors and stuff, that's great. The world needs those types of people. But really, like, the people who are in charge of changing people's mindsets and kind of uh, forming, like, innovations are influencers. So in the gaming world, those will be, like, gaming creators, tournament winners who make big names for themselves. Or outside of gaming, mm-hmm. it'll be like vloggers and, you know, political activists who have like thousands and millions of followers on the internet. Those are the people mm-hmm. who can uh, influence a lot of people's opinions. And if we don't have enough of those in our Pakistani world, we'll get left behind. And we already are kind of getting Absolutely. left behind. So we need more of those like examples of tournament winners. And just, you know, I think the bottom line would just be when I tell people here living abroad that I'm from Pakistan. I would much rather hear like, hey, oh yeah, you're from Pakistan. There's some kid who won a tournament and he's for, he was from yeah. Pakistan last, you know, he just won last week mm-hmm. versus like, hey man, sorry about what happened in Karachi the other day. Yeah. You know, there was an explosion exactly. or something. And, like I want to hear more positive things coming out. Absolutely. And if it can be through gaming, then why not? So I'll, I'll tell you guys a really interesting story. So I used to play online in, in the European scene. So I, I used to play with, in the European region and stuff. So I mean, I wouldn't really tell people I was from Pakistan because no one actually knew where Pakistan was. I mean, that's how Europeans are. They, they don't know. Yeah. So they always thought I was, a, I was a rich Arab guy with a lot of oil money driving Ferraris and stuff. There's one thing I would say. So since Sumail won that tournament, I mean, we have that feeling of pride as players. But if someone mm. asks you, where are you from? I'm like, we are Pakistani. So I'm like, well, do you have any pro players? I'm like, hell yeah. We do have good players out there. So there's kind of a, you know, feeling of pride at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you're happy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's someone from my country. It was one day. Mm-hmm. So really, right. really good feeling. I mean, and there's so many good players showing up now that everyone is mm-hmm. amazed. I'm like, what? Pakistan can produce good players? That's insane. Yeah, there's a lot of talent in Pakistan. Like, but they just need the opportunity. Yeah, they just need to be enabled. Exactly. Absolutely. There's a lot of talent in Pakistan, and it doesn't. It's not limited to just video games. It's you know, it's everything that you can imagine. They just need the right resources. And those of you who don't know, 
I mean, a lot of you kids or a lot of listeners who back home know Grand Theft Auto Five, Grand Theft Auto Five. Oh, you guys never knew the executive producer behind Grand Theft Auto Five is a Pakistani. Look him up. His name is Imran Sarvat. If you guys didn't see the credits, he's huh. in the and that's wow. when I found out. I'm like, wait, hold on, hold on. I was finishing the game for the first time. Like, wait, hold on. That's a very Pocky name. And then I'm looking <laughs> up on LinkedIn, and it turns out he's a Pakistani guy who mm-hmm. is actually from Lahore, awesome. and then he moved to the states. And he had a and he he was the executive producer of Grand Theft Auto Five, which is what they say it's one of the most popular games, one of the best selling games in the world. Yeah. So you know, yeah. There you go. <laughs> Pakistan is full of surprising people, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just need to get out of that engineer, doctor, you know, that mindset. Let people do what they want. Yeah, yeah. definitely like Pakistanis in the mix, you know. We give them more opportunities and they can actually do something like Samel did. So thanks, Steph. Thanks, Hassan. No problem.